Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From Refinery 29, this is Strong Opinions Loosely Held. I'm Elisa Kreisinger. On today's show, my selfie, myself. Why are young women drawn to the selfie? And why do we think it's okay to shame them for it? Are we narcissistic? Are we trying to find ourselves? How do we find ourselves? You may be familiar with the story that made its way around the internet in the fall of 2015. A group of sorority sisters were attending a baseball game. The announcers asked fans to take a selfie and use a hashtag to promote the game and its sponsor, T-Mobile. Now's the time, fans. Uh, get on the uh, Twitter with a hashtag of the whole thing, AZDataStrongFan, and you might see your fan photo at a Diamondback TV broadcast brought to you by T-Mobile. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the one on the right. Do you have to with, make faces when you take selfies? Wait, one more now. Oh, there you go. Better angle. Oh, check it. Did that come out okay? That's the best one of the 300 pictures I've taken look, of myself like, today. Every girl in the picture is locked into her phone. The announcers weren't alone here. The cameraman holds the same shot of 12 women sitting in the stands taking selfies for two minutes. Now, for a sports event, this is a shockingly long time to hold a single shot. They quickly let us know who's up at bat. David Peralta. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'd take a selfie with the hot dog. The 12 women stay on screen as the commentary continues. Selfie with the churro. Selfie just of a selfie. The sorority sisters were totally unaware of the on-air commentary until the video went viral and divided the internet in half. Those who supported selfies and those who thought selfies and young women were the decline of civilization. What no one seemed to acknowledge was that these women were doing what they were encouraged to do. Take a selfie, use a hashtag, support the game. So why were they shamed for it? In a world where a woman's agency is limited by forces beyond her control, where she must struggle to assert her individuality and her independence, by turning her attention towards the self, she gains a terrain where she does have control. That's Mary McGill from her TEDx talk on selfies. She's a researcher at the National University of Ireland, Galway. Women, much more so than men, are socialized from birth to turn their attention towards the self, towards the body. Who are you wearing? Who did the dress? Tell me about your dress. Who are you wearing? Lacey Green articulates this feeling of receiving mixed signals really well in her YouTube series called Braless. I gotta say, it's strange living in a culture that aggressively tells girls their primary value is in how they look and then proceeds to mock them for paying any attention to their appearance. That's the best one of the 300 pictures I've taken look, of myself look. today. And not only should women be beautiful to have any value, but we should also deeply hate ourselves. You know how frustrating it is. You get the volume right, but somehow that texture is just a little bit crunchy. So I have a very flat butt, and it's been kind of a problem. So we've got to find a way to shrink her legs and get them smaller and get them home. As your skin ages, it becomes drier, duller, rougher. 
Dismissing young women's engagement with the selfie then is not just intellectually lazy. It denies the myriad of ways that young women have used the phenomenon to hold on to and keep their reflection. A way for them to share that reflection with other people in the hope that those people can see what it is they see in themselves. This idea of women searching to find themselves publicly in real time and then being called narcissistic for doing so is fascinating and really deeply troubling. But can you really find yourself in a selfie? How many spaces historically, at least, you know, 50 years ago, were women allowed to be their own subjects and then proliferate that? We're creating documentation for ourselves about how we're participating that hasn't always been available. That's Amy Jones. Let's just say she's a therapist that knows me very, very well. My name is Amy Jones. I'm a psychotherapist in New York City that works primarily with younger creative people. She's fascinated with selfies because... Well, I I mean, it just comes up at work a lot. Social media and representations of self on social media are, you know, I can't think of a session where it doesn't come up in one way or another, which it feels absurd to say, but it it's something that people use to negotiate their experience of themselves and other people and relationships and performance incessantly now. It's more like I took a selfie and look what everyone said it meant about me. So it's more about experience oneself as an object for other people, but then trying to kind of pull that back to oneself. It might be a little bit of the population that I work with because I tend to see more women than men, but it is somehow become this really feminized thing. This came up recently in the season finale of Girls. Hannah, played by Lena Dunham, bumps into her successful friend-slash-nemesis, Tally Schifrin, played by Jenny Slate. It's been a few years, so they decide to go back to Hannah's apartment, where they get stoned and catch up. That's so crazy to be jealous of me. Oh my god, cut the shit, seriously. Yeah, yeah, I guess everyone is jealous of me. Do you know I Google myself every day? (laughs) It's so gross. But I do, and I just want to see if, like, Gawker or whoever they are has written some snarky thing about how much of a hack I am, or if even there's just, like, a pretty picture of me in the Financial Times roundup of Books of the Year. (laughs) I need to see how other people see me because it's the only way that I can see myself. women in terms of how they are displaying themselves are allowed to do whatever they want to do. You know, I don't think there should be any policing of that. I think it's a much more personal question is the cost-benefit analysis of saying to the world over and over again, this is how I want you to see me. Is it how you see me? Is it how I see myself? Who do you see me to be? It's such a, you know, reflexive question. Totally. It's such an interesting feedback loop because one is posting selfies on social media in order to learn things about themselves. When in reality, you can only learn so much from people who are commenting and telling you about yourself. And you're letting that influence or be the data set for your understanding of your sense of self. But the reality is you won't find that on social media. People being themselves, no. People finding out who they are. Right. Oh, right. Exactly. No, that's such a good point. Because the real things that help us figure out who we are, in my experience, are so symbolic. They're not about a curated narrative. 
Do you take selfies? I'm not that photogenic, you know? <laughs> and if I was this extraordinarily photogenic person that uh, really could promote myself or promote things that were important to me with my image, maybe. <laughs> but I'm not, you know? I just, it's hard to get a picture of me that's like how I want to represent myself, you know? And I don't know if that's vanity or, you know, learned self-hatred. Um, but I'm just, you know, that saying, you know, she's got a face for radio. <laughs> you know, and I'm not self-hating around appearance, but it's just not, I think, my forte in terms of expressing what's important to me. I'm constantly helping people negotiate their sense of themselves with who, you know, their most intimate uh, relationships or complete random people are telling themselves that they are. You know, it's all about subjectivity and reality. Do, does my experience of myself and reality matter? How do people come to know who they are, what they care about, how they want to participate? Um, it's a totally different way of looking at it. And I think that's about making meaning in an absurd world, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, what is important to me and how can I participate creatively in, in the world in a way that creates meaning for me when there is not meaning to be found anywhere else? The absurd doesn't liberate, it binds. Things seem to be pretty absurd out there. And if we're able to have a responsibility to acknowledge that to each other and acknowledge that the only way that anyone's going to not fall into the abyss is by figuring out meaning-making system that's important to them in the midst of that, that's important. Your happiest and healthiest patients, do they feel unique? Do they feel grounded? Happiest and healthiest. I mean, do you really want to get into this? I don't even know what the word happiness means. Like, and I'm not even sure, and I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I'm not even sure happiness is a goal of being in therapy. I will say that the people who I think know themselves the best and then are so are able to move through the world with some sort of consciousness about what they're doing and why, which can lend itself to a certain degree of contentedness and well-being. The people who are able to do that are people who are in some ways privileged enough or impelled enough to really do a lot of self-exploration. So how do people find out who they are? Really? <laughs> Having a foundation of actually liking yourself somewhat is a great place to start because you can consider anything about yourself then. If you really want to know who you are, then be willing to consider anything about yourself, about your motivations, about what you might be capable of for better or worse, given a certain set of circumstances. I like myself to understand that given the right set of circumstances, I might do the same thing. Um, I think that's a great way to know oneself, is to be willing to consider anything about oneself in a way that's not devastating to your basic sense of yourself as a decent human being. I'm rethinking everything I've ever said and done my whole life. Well, welcome to my experience <laughs> of this interview. Amy and I had strong opinions about selfies, and now I want to hear yours. Tweet me at PopCultPirate with your opinions, and make sure to use the hashtag SOLH. Please subscribe to Strong Opinions Loosely Held on iTunes and rate us while you're there. At Refinery29.com, you can find an interview with me about this episode, along with other episodes and all the stuff that we left on the cutting room floor. Our show today was produced by me, Elisa Kreisinger, for Refinery29. It was edited by Caitlin Pierce. We recorded with Paul Ruest, and we'll see you back here next Monday.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.